0: Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Neil Radical. I'm joined today by our guest, Pastor-elect Drew Naumann. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity in Christ's kingdom at Emmanuel. Thanks for jumping on here today. Drew, how are you doing today? Thanks for having me, Pastor Radical. I'm doing well. Excellent. We'll follow our typical agenda. You have a devotion plan for today?
1: I do. Uh, This morning, I'd like us to take a look at Psalm 77, verses 7 through 15. Uh, This is a Psalm of Asaph, so kind of a longer section, but... Will the Lord cast off forever, and will he be favorable no more? As his mercy ceased forever, as his promise failed forevermore... Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his tender mercies, Selah? And I said, this is my anguish. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Lord most high. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples. You have with your arm redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. Selah. And uh, Pastor Radical, I'm sure that you would agree with me in saying that these last couple of years have kind of been a, it's been a rough couple of years on the whole. You look at I remember back in 2019, everyone was talking about how it was a complete nightmare of a year. They couldn't wait for 2020. Then 2020 came along. Everyone couldn't couldn't wait to be rid of that with the pandemic and everything. Now we're in 2021 and things seem to be improving a little bit, but we still find ourselves assailed on every side with all manner of trials and tribulations, be they in our personal lives or facing them as a whole, as, as the church facing persecution just for being Christians and the temptation very often is to wonder, has God finally forsaken us? Has he finally put up, he's, he's had enough, you know, it's, things have gotten too bad. If we were, you know, if you or I were God, you could certainly see the temptation. Just want to say, I wash my hands of it. You know, I, I want nothing more to do with this. It's a complete mess. These people will not obey my word. They don't listen to my law. They don't believe my gospel. What am I even doing here? Uh, and, you know, it's it's kind of been a couple of a series of unfortunate events. Crisis after crisis put out one fire to have three more pop up. And yet this psalm is very helpful for us in uh, today and really always because Asaph asks those similar questions will the Lord cast off forever will he be favorable no more has his mercy ceased forever. He says this is my anguish wondering, but when we go back to the word Asaph he says I will remember the years of the right hand of the most high, I will remember the works of the Lord I will meditate on all your work I will talk of your deeds, and. When we go back to the Word and we see God's saving and delivering hand in all of these, uh, the, like the patriarchs in the Old Testament, in the apostles' lives, everyone in between, we see God's providence and His guiding hand, preserving His preserving their lives and blessing their work. And that's wonderfully encouraging for us to see that, and it also leads us to look back at our own lives. Not just those last two or three years where we think, wow, those were terrible. What what could God have been thinking when he was sending those trials? But instead, we look back on the whole and we see the works of the Lord and we remember the wonders. And even in those difficult years, you know, we're still here. We're still living, surviving and thriving insofar as we have God's word. We have that promise of redemption. At the very end of this section, we have you have declared your strength among the peoples you have with your army deemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. And you remember the correlation between Old Testament Israel and then now that we are in the New Testament period, we have become part of that spiritual nation of Israel who have been redeemed through Christ's all atoning sacrifice. And what greater wonder to meditate. On when we are besailed, assailed—I don't know if besailed is a word—but when we are com- continually attacked by Satan and all manner of devils and things that would uh, endeavor to break down our faith and to undermine uh, God's word, what more important thing to focus on than Christ's redeeming work, knowing that He has saved us? And so when it looks like the world is on fire and it could literally be on fire, even so God has showed us these wonders, his marvelous strength by sending his only son to conquer sin and death and the devil and to rise triumphant on that Easter morning so that when these questions pop up and we start to Fall prey to that temptation to doubt God's favor and grace towards us, His children, is redeemed. We look back with Asaph at those wonderful, marvelous works of the Lord, and we talk of those deeds, assuring ourselves in His Word and assuring one another with this word: "Who is so great a God as our God?" The answer, obviously, is no one. And so we pray: Merciful and gracious Father in heaven. We thank you always and praise you always for the marvelous works that you have shown us sinful mankind. We do not deserve any of the love that you have shown us. And yet you have poured out your love so fully and so completely as sending your only begotten son to be sin for us so that we might be adopted children in your kingdom and assured of the eternal mansions in heaven. We thank and praise you for this wonderful work, and we ask that you would continue to be with us and preserve us in all manner of danger and strife and persecution, confident in the assurance that you have done all, and now, having given us eternal life, what now can you possibly withhold that will be for our eternal highest good? We thank you, and we ask that you would be with us always. Give us the wisdom of your spirit to see your guiding hand and to trust in the promises found in your eternal word. In Jesus' saving name, we ask all of this. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Drew, for that wonderful devotion there and the, the rhetorical questions that get answered by the Lord with his redemption and his saving work. Really appreciate your thoughts and Meditation on that. So as far as the week goes, we're looking at this evening, our 7 p.m. Wednesday evening Bible class that's online. You'll see that link in our Wednesday memo, emmanuel memo. So we're continuing with our looking at our future website, What We Believe, and we're looking at the comparative faiths again tonight. 6:30 morning. We continue with second week now, men's breakfast. We're going through the Gospel of Matthew. So Welcome to join us if you'd like. Uh, breakfast will be at 6 30. Bible study will be at 7. Also, this coming weekend, June 12th, is our Emmanuel Adventure Day. The plan for that is we are planning on meeting at the Cicada Trail, and that you can bring your family, bikes, your own picnic lunch if you want. We'll meet at the trail entrance on Lime Valley Road at 11 a.m., and we're going to bike. To Trail Creek Park, where we'll stop for a devotion, picnic, and playtime on the playground. If you're not able to bike with us, just consider bringing your family and meeting us at Trail Creek Park to join us for that picnic and fellowship time there. So there's a, a playground, there's a pavilion that we can use, and we hope to see you all there. If you have any questions, you can ask our church secretary, Hillary Leon. As far as next week goes, it'll be ILC camp for those who've signed up for that. And we are looking ahead to June 24th through 27th for the CLC convention over that long weekend. And also just mark your calendars again. And please register soon for our Vacation Bible School from July 12th through 16th, just around the corner. If you have any questions on any of these events, don't hesitate to let myself or our church secretary know. For our prayer list, we continue to keep our prayers. Marie Meyer, that's Grace Schreier's sister, as she continues to battle cancer over in the Red Wing area. Tim Shreyer, which would be Ted Shreyer's brother, Dory, as we uh, Margaret Shreyer's son, he's a Colorado member. He is back in the hospital. and We continue to pray for the Lord's diagnosis of what is ailing him and that he would just be comforted by the word of the Lord in his presence. We continue to keep in our prayers, the little baby Lila, Tim, and Laura Schaller's pre-me baby that was we've been praying for the last couple weeks and that we pray that that little one would continue to grow so far the lord has really blessed that effort and she's getting stronger every single day so we're really thankful for that of course we keep in our prayer prayers pastor and rachel Nauman, who are still at the university of minnesota trying to prolong gestation period for their baby and so rachel's at about 22 23 weeks and the doctors are hopeful that she can make it to 34. So they're looking at potentially three months in the hospital. And even if she does make it that long, uh, Pastor Nauman was just told that the baby would need to be in the NIC unit probably till October. So the council decided to grant Pastor Nauman a, a family leave of absence, not just because that was our recommendation to him, but also he had asked for that per his request until October. So Pastor Nauman will be able to see different emails that are going on, but for that family leave of absence, basically, you're going to want to ask one of the deacons or the council members or myself if you have any questions or need anything, please do reach out to me for those needs, since he'll be heavy involved with uh, being there for his wife and for his three little children as well, and the baby that we continue to keep in our prayers also. With all those thoughts and prayers, let's continue to give thanks to the Lord is with us. Just like Drew reminded us in his devotion, we can continue to remember the works of the Lord and how he continues to do wonders among us and answering so many of our prayers. And we know that his will will be done and his good and gracious will is something that we can give thanks for no matter who we're praying for. These prayers are the prayers that you're praying for, for family or friends as well. Jesus is with us and that's, that's quite the blessing. Last week, Pastor Naman and I focused on June here being convention preparation month. And so last week we talked about in the prospectus, which is a document that is used to prepare congregations for the biannual synodical conference, which takes place in Eau Claire there. So last week we talked about the ILC building project, not because it's the most important of the things there, but just because we wanted to wrap up, uh, ramp up to some of these other things that are going to be taking place over that weekend. So again whether or not that building project takes place or not will be remain to be determined but today Drew and I are going to be looking at the joint statement discussion and just get a little bit uh, of a background on that back in 2015 there was a few different board members leaders from each of the three congregations the CLC the Wisconsin Synod, Synod and the ELS Synod and those representatives from those synods met to discuss the differences that have historically been a part of the synods for the last 60 plus years and so since that time there's been a document called the joint statement on the termination of fellowship and that joint statement over the last few years has been edited and tried to be improved and two of the synods have adopted it now the question this coming summer this month is whether or not the clc is going to adopt it and there's been reservations on that because of what it does not say, or what it does not say clearly enough. And so the hope and the goal is this convention is to make kind of a final decision regarding that joint statement. At least that's what the board of doctrine, the CLC board of doctrine has been asking us to do and what the convention this last time had done. There are three memorials in that prospectus that speak directly towards the joint statement. One of those memorials is from the Southeastern Delegate Conference that's basically directing the joint statement to be abandoned because it doesn't as clearly reflect the doctrine of Romans 16, 17, and 18 on the termination of fellowship with the false teaching church body. Another memorial is suggesting and asking for as a motion to send back our reasons why we would not want to adopt that at this time, so that it would hopefully keep some of the discussions open, but again show why we we would feel that the joint statement isn't as clear as it needs to be to show the truths of Scripture. And then one more memorial, again from the Southeastern Conference, that is basically s- suggesting that the official meetings be shut down because of all the confusion and and clair- and and lack of clarity that the document has provided at this time. So it's going to be a, a tough convention once again to wrestle through these things because there's different viewpoints of how we handle not only the situation, but there's different thoughts and processes about the clarity of the document itself. And if it's if it is a clear teaching or not. One might suggest that the last convention that we had, you know, pre-COVID and all those things that yes, the CLC did say it was a scripturally sound presentation. But you can have various presentations, you can have various discussions with people that are truthful, but don't bring enough clarity to the subject matter that's being described. So for for another for a quick illustration, Drew, I want to ask you about this. So we've been going through these comparative religions online at our website. And we recently talked about like Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons that if you read on paper, they might say, yeah, we follow the Bible, we believe that in God we believe in the God of the Bible and yet when you examine so they make a lot of true statements but if you examine more clearly what they teach as an example with those groups of Christians they would say that you know we can be like Jesus we can become a God if we're the Mormon church so again they can make a lot of true statements but then not be truthful as far as what they're saying now that's an extreme case in comparison to what we're talking about with the joint statement. But at the same point in time, we're still handling the word of God. And so if they're saying that Romans 16, 17, 18 is a time to admonish versus what the CLC has said from history to, no, you've already admonished. Romans 16, 17, 18 says now comes the time to avoid. If there's a difference in that uh, approach, how can that affect how you make use of that passage in light of these things, how would you comment on that, Drew? I know it's a pretty tough, in-depth question, but how would you, what would you what would be your thoughts on that?
1: Well, the the original problem that arose in uh, the misapplication misinterpretation of Romans sixteen seventeen was uh, when the Wells uh, did not separate from a false teaching church body, the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod, because they uh, they believed that this there's this necessary process of ongoing admonition and a, a term that gets tossed around in connection with that that did that was used uh, by the Wells was they owed the Missouri Synod a debt of love. And they remained in fellowship with the LCMS in, as they attempted to try and correct that false teaching that was going on, or, or try to admonish them into correcting it themselves. And so that's that's where it kind of stems with this admonition in connection with Romans 16, 17, the, the common translation, which has, has been uh, uh, criticized a little bit with the English, is uh, mark those who cause divisions and offenses contrary uh, to the doctrines you have learned and avoid them. And the question has arisen, what role should admonition, this ongoing process of showing people their errors have in the actual termination of church fellowship. And the scriptural answer is that there's just, it's a one step process. When you've, when you've determined that someone is a false teaching church body, you don't, you don't keep practicing, hoping that they're going to change their ways. You you separate and there's admonishment that goes on in uh, kind of beforehand, during that in that you're you're you want them to, by showing them their error you want them to turn away from that but the the admonishment does not have anything to do with the actual termination of that 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 needs to take place when it's been determined that that person is that uh church body is false teaching so, so that's where the the problem arises is if you understand this in that way where you on you ongoingly admonish before you terminate, uh, hoping that you know some that you can bring them back from the brink, so to speak. Uh, then you're not obeying the the command of Romans sixteen seventeen that that scriptural practice, uh, and you're you're interpreting it in what would be the easier way. Uh, if you just kind of you know hope for the best, sweep it under the rug, stay together for the sake of unity, instead of recognizing that. These people are not adhering to scripture and we need to separate. And that in and of itself is kind of an act of admonition because you're showing them, Hey, this is wrong. And after you've separated, you can still have that admonition where you're still telling them, Hey, look at this, this, this needs to be fixed. Um, but the admonition cannot be a reason to not separate that separation needs to
0: take place. I think a, so. A- yeah, personally, I think that's said well. I think the personal application would be, okay, this is a synodical about individual. And I think one way you see something similar would be someone saying, well, I don't agree with what my church teaches, but I'm gonna stick around to see if I can change it. And again, that only, that, that not only goes against the Romans 16, 17, and 18, 17, six, Romans 16, 17 through 20 section there, but it also goes against other teachings of scripture that talks about, leaven and false teaching how that can corrupt so quickly so the lord reminds us that he warns us that there's teachers that are teaching contrary or if your church or teaches or synod teaches contrary to god's word you don't stick around to try to change it once they've rejected your admonition as soon as you realize these are false teachers or this is a false teaching church body or, or congregation he says you need to avoid that because he does. The Lord doesn't want our faith to get become compromised with those teachings, and it's a slippery slope from there. So, yeah, yeah. The if, joints.
1: If uh, if you want to see kind of a bad news example of that, actually, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen this past year article, but there's a there's a video on YouTube that some people from the uh, Missouri Synod uploaded. It's called "If Not Now, When," and it's like a it's like an hour long presentation where there's. Uh, like fifteen different uh, Missouri Synod pastors who are talking about all the problems, the doctrinal, scriptural problems that that they recognize are going on within their own church body, and they're determined to fix it from the inside. They they're not separating from. They recognize that there's problems that that they are not adhering to scripture in all of these different areas, but they they refer to this, to the Missouri Synod as their mother church, and they talk about that debt of love. So if, if you have time to, to go check that out, that could be a kind of an eye-opening thing to see uh, what what can happen when we're not separating. Then you're becoming steeped and connected with these with these people who do not believe the same thing that you do.
0: I think it's important, too, as members of Emmanuel, that if you have more questions on this, we had a congregational meeting. We've had several different meetings on this, but we've had a congregational meeting more recently on the prospectus and all that's going to be taking place at the convention. We spent quite a bit of time talking about the joint statement. We do have delegates, Daniel Pfeiffer and Jay Hanel, that are our, our faculty male teachers who are going to be going. If you have comments or questions, do speak to them and give them your input so that they can represent you as they are supposed to do. And so don't hesitate to reach out. So again, this is one of the many things that are gonna be talked about at convention. There's a couple other ones that we hope to go through in the next couple of weeks before convention takes place in our podcast here. But again, this is a very brief overview of the joint statement's history, the importance of it with our relationship with the other synods that are also conservative. But in trying to speak the truth in love, we wanna continue to be as clear as possible. So thank you for your comments on that, Drew. And again, if you want more information on this, don't hesitate to reach out, I'd be happy to provide that for you once again. we keep all these things in our prayers. I think the psalm seventy seven is really fitting when once again we look back to declaring the wonders of the Lord and his strength among the people. We want to continue to remember the works of the Lord and communicate that word in its truth and purity as Jesus has directed us to do so out of love for him. This brings us to our conclusion of our hymn of the day. We're going to be looking at hymn 123 from the Lutheran hymnal, verses 1 and 3 and verse 8. This hymn is entitled, Our God, Our Help in Ages Past. Our God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home. Under the shadow of thy throne, thy saints have dwelt secure. Sufficient is thine arm alone, and our defense is sure. Before the hills in order stood, or earth received her frame. From everlasting thou art God, to endless years the same. Our God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, be thou our guard while troubles last in our eternal home. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota. Until next time, may God bless and keep you. And may you always remember, Emanuel, God is with you.